This is the EPLOG audio experience. You are listening to the Artist Podcast with me, Suchita. Stay tuned. Our guest for this episode is Shardul Bharatwaj, who is an actor. You would have seen him in the film Kutte, produced by Vishal Bharatwaj, or in the film Ibale U, which is running on Netflix. His most recent work is getting screened at the Busan Film Festival starting in October. Some very hands-on pointers for actors in this episode of the Artist Podcast with me, Sitada. Enjoy. Hi, Shadul. Welcome to our podcast, The Artist. And thank you for being here and uh, sharing about your own self. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Tell me, Shadul, why do you want to be... an actor i mean it's like when you're in love with somebody and you can exactly sort of pinpoint why you're in love with that person i think it could become taxing mm okay yeah. okay interesting so uh when you started as an actor you wanted to be an actor and i think you've done a couple of films um very recently uh, that i've known of is vishal sir's film which you yeah. did you yeah 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 which you produced when you actually started your journey yeah where is it that you wanted to be see i was a kid coming out of a bureaucratic family coming from a neighborhood which was uh, predominantly bengali and uh, i started doing it as a way of escaping dance rehearsals and singing rehearsals during durga puja and the beginning like for everyone is that look at me look at me look at me i'm important this is my identity <clears throat> and when one went to school there was also a sort of an identity building exercise now that that i look back at it all the one used to get a kick or a rush out of being on stage it was only when i went to du when i went to kirodi mill college and started working at the plays uh is when sort of what dawned on me was that whatever department you might be handling in a theater group maybe it is acting or the translation or adaptation the writing backstage whatever it's a world view at the end of the day and i did not think more than that and during a certain period of time i think around 2 months in my second year is when i saw certain films and that sort of propelled me into a world i'd never never uh, thought about um and also propelled me to the film school that i went to and then propelled me to do the, the uh, probably the kind of work that i do but to say that i wanted to be somewhere uh, would be a little untrue because that has not been the case and uh, i've been uh, whichever way one puts it lucky fortunate i don't like these words but Yeah, it's been happening. So you know, there's so many people who come to Bombay to be actors, yeah. and yeah. Um, they want to be a certain kind of actor. There's a certain image that they come with, and they say, "Okay, I want to be the next Bachchan, or I want to be the next SRK, the Bollywood glamour." 
that is surrounding them. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you encountered while on your journey to become an actor? No. I, I was not allowed to uh, watch a lot of Hindi cinema in my childhood. And I actually did not watch a lot of Hindi cinema while growing up. So that aspirational quality never really existed for me. So, um, you know, and I don't mean to say that anything that happens in Bollywood, I look down upon it or things like that. But that was not my reference point, so to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I I come from a space of... Uh, public funded institutions which did theatre and which make films, both student films and professional films of a certain kind. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, as I said, as I said in the previous answer, the second year of my uh, undergrad. Mm-hmm. And the films that I saw which really, really struck me was uh, Wim Wenders' uh, Buena Vista Social Club. There used to be a cafe called Kunzum in Horskas in Delhi at that point in time. I don't know whether it's there anymore. But they used to they used to have a nice system that you could go there, you could watch films, stand up, whatever, and then you could just get out. And even if you wanted to put in 50 rupees as contribution, you can do that. And so it was that beautiful space. And then DU was there, which had a huge cinema watching and theatre watching uh, culture. So it was uh, Wim Wenders, it was uh, Asghar Faradi, it was... Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, those were, all, those were mostly my entry points into cinema and another beautiful filmmaker which, with whom I had the good fortune to work with as my first debut as lead, Pratik Watts. Uh, I'd seen his Pratik Watts' uh, short film which had gotten uh, the, the National, Fil- National Film Award, I think again in my second year in college and he'd come back to college, so he was from my college, he'd come back to college to show that film. And that's further reinforced a lot of things for me. I thought it was possible. Uh, and when I went to film school, I did not go to the film school wanting to just act. Because I think it's a, it's a, it's a disservice that actors, a lot of actors do to themselves when they say that this is my department, this is what I'm going to do. I don't care about the lensing. I don't care about the medium. And then they also make another great statement, which I am absolutely in disagreement with and I have a distaste for, which is, well, theater acting, cinema acting, what's the difference? It's acting. It's not. I'm sorry. So when one starts falling in love with the medium, uh, and I don't mean to say that you can only fall in love with the medium only when you go to a film school or a theater school, whatever. You can fall in love with it wherever. You start getting curious about the processes. That's what driven. That's what I think still drives me. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Falling in love with the process is uh... the medium. The medium first. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the process can only come later. And why I only say falling in love and not knowing it because I think um, it's too vast for me to to sort of um, even start like literature. Like it's it's too vast to actually start. Pretending that you can know it. Hmm. Nice. When you become an actor and you're acting in an independent film and then you're acting in a film that is, uh, say, backed by a studio uh, that's for an OTT platform, 
there is a vast difference in terms of uh, the kind of things that's expected out of an actor in an independent film like your first film it must have been that you were completely involved in all the processes even in the shooting you might be even moving a light you know at times but when it comes to a studio film a slightly more budgeted film which has money pumping in you're expected to be in a certain way yeah i think there's a certain expectation out of actors and actors also expect that out of themselves is that when they walk onto a commercial set they think or they pretend that they are somebody and i'm not saying everyone there are some exceptions that they are somebody who should be respected a little more than maybe a maybe a spot boy or a person working in the lighting department or a person working in the stunt department and i don't think any of it exists in a vacuum i think we live in a feudal society and any industry works in a feudal society and whoever is at the top of the food chain begins to believe that they are something special so i feel i'm more comfortable on an independent film set mhm mhm how much clarity is needed when an actor comes to bombay is there is it like plan is it strategized is it instinctive mm. what is the kind of clarity that's needed to get the kind of work that you want to get uh, i mean i i wouldn't be able to say that you know i have that complete clarity it again like i'm still learning i'm just what 6 7 years old in bombay mm. uh but i think one has to make a decision and that decision is very central do you want a audi and a mercedes benz at the age of 30 or um i don't know 1.5 million followers on instagram or do you want to do cinema that appeals to you and i'm absolutely fine with somebody saying that no a more um commercial range of cinema appeals to me and but that is clarity and i respect that but to but to think that you know i'll do both at the same time i'll straddle both boats i think that's where the problems and the disappointments begin mhm and so it's been i think sorry i i think it's a, it's basically a balancing game that i think the most senior actors and the most most respected actors also talk about that how do you balance a a a, a more sort of a mainstream work versus a work that that goes to festivals and then maybe pick, gets picked up by ott and stuff but which actually doesn't pay you monetarily so how do you how do you distribute that work that's something to be thought about mm-hmm. so it's mainstream versus whether you want your bends or whether you want a more creamy work which will not come from perhaps a mainstream cinema cinema it will come more perhaps in the independent space or low budget films i mean, uh, i work i work 
more i've worked mostly in uh, independent cinema this this year also mm. two of my uh, two of my films are coming out independent cinema doesn't pay because and it doesn't pay anywhere in the world mm, so great. um i think that's that's something that 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 is pure logic is that when we say the industry what is what is the central defining feature of any industry manufacturing what is manufacturing when i go and uh, look for say a cold drink i want the same taste from that same bottle every time i buy it, buy it. and of course these these cold drink companies keep changing the taste so there'll be a masala flavor but then people like the masala flavor they want the same flavor in each bottle that's industry but then if you have some kind of a craft sort of kombucha say for example it doesn't have that kind of customer base so um it's just that so when an actor like you know someone you, like you who has been around for 6 7 years who's done like 5 6 films uh mainstream and independent when you're looking for work and something comes across your way first it's difficult for something good to come across your way but if something good comes across your way what are the few things that an actor should keep in mind before you start to accept that work whether that work is paying you or not paying you is irrespective but what are the other things that they should sort of keep in mind I mean I wouldn't be able to say what others should keep in mind Yeah I, I mean what, what I yeah, yeah yeah hmm. my central I think one of my central uh, and what I've learned and I've done a few mistakes also uh I think I'll make more of them but I think something that I, that I've always looked for whether it was Kutte with Asman or whether it was Prashant Nair in Trial by Fire and Randeep Jain in uh, uh, Trial by Fire or Pratik or suman ghosh um, a very great bengali director with whom i have a film coming out this time i think the central running theme is that i can sit with them and talk about the world and laugh with them and 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 i can sit across a table over over a coffee or food or whatever and we can talk we can mm-hmm. we can we can and within that talking the work starts to emerge So I don't know how, how much of that is possible in in say um commercial cinema but it was possible with with uh, Asman it was possible with Vishal ji on Kutte it was possible with Prashant on on uh, uh Trial by Fire it has been possible with Nitya Mehra on Unpause then and, and and so I think uh that has been quite central to my work and if somebody doesn't want to meet me before they want to shoot i think that's a red 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 signal i mean i i don't want to do that kind of work mm-hmm. yeah so do you go regularly for auditions what's the audition scene i see the auditions have sort of thinned down now because mm. you know i think the more amount of work that you do i think auditions like sort of thin down in the sense that you know uh people are looking at you for bigger parts and bigger parts are only so many and then you also want to do a certain kind of films so yes i do give auditions and i really feel like giving auditions i really like giving auditions you know um mm-hmm. it's 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 the it's the it's the best kind of practice if i must say 
and I don't feel any kind of ego. You know, look, I've done so much work, and I don't want to give auditions. I think I I mean I don't feel like that. You know, in in fact, I feel in fact I feel happy if somebody is calling me for an audition. You know, mm-hmm. and and the so way you, mm-hmm. the world works today mm-hmm. is that you know even if the director wants me to do a role, he has to convince the OTT platform, right? And yes. the OTT platform creative heads have to convince some other people in that corporate structure. So yes. auditions don't happen anymore because you know what the director is doing a screen test for you. No, there are multiple other reasons because of which auditions happen today, for especially for bigger roles. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about audition practices for actors, yeah. and there's a if you go into Varsova Lanes, you're going to see a long line of people. standing mm. there for auditions and i feel so empathetic and i feel so horrible at actually seeing that yeah. because yeah. most of them or rather 95 97% of them are going to return with nothing in their hand and they're going to go for another round in uh, next day you know so as an actor uh, who perhaps has gone through a not a very rigorous process of auditioning but you have been part of the uh, audition practice when a casting director and i've seen casting director give lines when they're trying to take auditions and half of it is incorrect you know i'm like okay what are they saying <laughs> so when actors so we have a quite a bit of actors listening to the podcast so when uh you are given a cue to give auditions what is it that a few things the actor should catch to be able to give the right audition i don't know i don't know the 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 the, the uh, conditions are dismal uh, hmm. um i don't know so the lines that you're talking about are mostly for ad auditions um the the reality of things is that most of the casting houses the number of faces that you see on a poster those faces are not cast by them even in films not just ads you know in films in films yeah 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 look, yeah, look, yeah. At, look at any casting office look at the look at the people on the posters you'll maybe find one or two and i'm talking hmm. about the biggest casting offices hmm who's who were cast by them by audition yeah yeah okay so it's a great relief has been there are very few mm. casting houses which audition properly and i don't want to name them because it's like i'm saying bad things about others so i don't want to do that but there are very few casting houses who have people who audition uh help in auditions properly and i'm thankful to them and they've really been a very big help so on one side there are people who are not giving you cues properly and things like that but what pandemic did was very interesting it started this whole uh thing about self test so you can actually yeah. go to a friend who is in my case is either my classmate from film school or a friend who's an actor and i trust the instincts and you can go and do that with them until unless it's very special that you know like the director is coming in and you have to improvise certain things but one of my favorite um, casting sort of um, um, experiences has been with uh, sanjeev maria who cast a, a trial by fire and i really respect him because and i think it also came from prashant and randeep who were the, the directors of the show 
was that we were improvising scenarios. You know, now this is, this is, um, until and unless it's a film written in meter or a film written in a certain genre where the writing is of a certain kind. I don't understand why do I have to do scenes? Because I think that's, that's, that's a lazy way of auditioning. When you're improvising scenarios and look at the biggest directors in the world like Ken Loach, they audition actors based on scenarios. When you go to the West, you read, you don't act. So when they actually say you were reading the lines and then you go to the improvisations and scenarios. So, you know, like it's, it's almost the opposite way here. So, um, to begin with the problems, I don't understand because I'm not going to blame the casting houses because the production houses want volumes. You give me 55 actors for this one role who will do three days of work. They are under mm. huge pressures. The, mm. the casting assistants are going through huge pressures. They're mm. like, I have to give them numbers. And if, that, if I don't give them numbers, then, then this production of this big production house is not going to come back to me. Right? Mm. So it's yeah. a vicious cycle. So how does that, that poor casting assistant who has to work literally 16, 17 hours a day give me the kind of time that I deserve in an mm. audition? Mm. How do I expect that poor guy to do it? Mm. Multiple problems in auditioning, which Multiple. I wanted Multiple. to get this out from an actor and say there are a lot of audition problems that need to be sorted in this industry. Tell me about the techniques, Shadul, since you're from FTII. And I want you to sort of understand this more in terms of the theory part of acting versus the non-theory part. So um, Stanislavski is my favorite in terms of an actor prepares and an actor prepares using the memory, the subconscious mind, the self-awareness. So it becomes more of a methodical preparation for an actor. Yeah. Uh, what are your yeah. thoughts in terms of preparing? You are given a role and what is it, the kind of preparation that goes into it, which is theory plus your instinctiveness? I think theory only takes you till here. Acting is a doing mm. art form. And mm. uh, you can sit and theorize, but uh, it doesn't work. Uh, mm. Because it's a doing art form. Theoreticians on camera look like labored actors. And there are so many of them. Here in America, in Britain, everywhere. So, um, but it actually depends on the project that you're doing. So, for example, when I did Ibaleu, I was given a book on bird watching. I had to read one chapter of it because I had to go work in the field with the actual monkey repeller who's also in the film Mahinder. I had to work with him in costume. And the mm -hmm. costumes uh, were also, because we were doing an indie film, because we, not just because of financial constraints, we were shooting with monkeys. So we had to have a very, 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 we had a very, very real problem, which was we had to be a very small core group, which is around seven or eight people. So everyone was doing everything. In the process of actually looking for the costumes, and there are many costume changes through the film, looking at the knit of the sweater, the cut of the pant, the actual process of deletion of certain fabric or certain certain um, clothes. 
actually starts to build up an image along with the groundwork that you do, which is like spend time in the field when you're actually learning a task. So learning tasks has been, I think, one thing that I've gone to, which uh, which I tried doing in Unpause, uh, where I had to learn how to drive an uh, auto rickshaw. Now I had to spend time with uh, Rafiq Bhai, who was teaching me. But what it did was was that as I was learning... There used to be huge, there used to be long conversations, long laid back conversations during Bombay rains when I was learning how to do it about Bombay, about people, and that that you know you never know what will give you what. Then in in say for example Trial by Fire and uh, Himani who was the costume head on Trial by Fire, me and Himani and Prashant spent a lot of time looking for that exact shirt. And when we found it after three, four days, we were like, yeah, it's this. Uh, and then one could take it back. I, I could take it back, uh, wear it at home and things like that. But but every time one talks about one's process, and I don't have one process, and I don't think I've come to a point where I can say, oh, this is the process. There is some amount of metaphysics which which gets involved every time one talks about the process. And I think it's a very basic and a very real process where you have to actually do things. There is some amount of writing about acting and Stanislavski has written some beautiful things. Meisner, Meisner's school is interesting, the school of imagination. Then um, Shekel's uh, uh, school is interesting. There are multiple schools like that and one can go on and on and on and on about it. And at a film school, you get introduced to various schools. Now it's up to you while doing films in film school and coming out, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Like I think Nasir Saab said it that after coming from a like a like a training school like an FTI or an NSD or TISH or NYU, whatever, um, it takes at least around... 20 years to start applying what you were learning there. Yes. Yes. So when you are coming out of a film school and you're getting on the ground realities. Yeah. <laughs> what are the things that you're unlearning? Don't be fixated with I do this. You know, this is how I do it. Because that's not going to mm -hmm. work. Because when you're working with 5 rupees on a project versus 15 rupees on a project, it's very different. And generally, one would find that when you're working with 5 rupees, you will get more independence to do whatever process you want to do. You know? Mm. And when you're working with 15 rupees, those 15 rupees are not exactly being spent on your process. You know? So they're mm -hmm. being spent on other things which are required, you know, of, of a, say, a, a more commercial sort of a setup which gets released in the theatres. Mm -hmm. That. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I did this podcast episode with Judith Weston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. wonderful. She's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you should listen to that podcast and just reminding my listeners as well that go back to that podcast while you're listening to this podcast episode. And uh, she's written this book on directing yeah. actors. Yes, and she I've has. Read it. Yeah. yeah, and she's done, she's done wonderful uh, work with directors, my favorite directors like Alejandro Gonzalez in Aritu or Eva Duvernay and Taika Waititi yeah. and all these guys. 
Yeah. And uh, there are some specificities that she mentions in the book in terms of when you are directing actors, uh, how to how to sculpt yourself while you are directing actors uh, as a director. So when you as an actor is taking directions Mm. from directors, Mm. what are the few things that you think would simplify the process and enhance you as an actor? I think in 90% of the cases that films and OTT stuff and short films that I've done, I've been able to surrender myself to the director because Mm. I've trusted the person. I come back to the first point of being able to sit across the table, not agreeing on everything, but being able to have a conversation, you know. And so when your director is behind the camera and when you're in front of the camera, I think when you surrender yourself to your cinematographer and your director and your sound person, it's an easier Mm. thing to do, you know, because then Mm. I think you're not trying to impress anyone. Mm. Right. And Mm. uh, you're not trying to say that, oh, look, I can do this. I can cry in two seconds. Oh, I can go from crying to laughing. You know, I'll do this. Oh, I have this interpretation. So all those jargonish things start going out of the window. You stop becoming a little less cerebral. You know? Mm. And and your your work or your research or the homework that you do, that's which is very important, I think when you do that, then you're on set. And then you can surrender. I think shooting should be relaxation. And that's the ideal. I know it, it's not relaxation. Yes. It has too many cogs, too many things going on. But yes. Ideally, when, when one is in front of the camera, it, there should be a certain amount of relaxation. And yes. I think that can come from surrendering to the camera and to the director. Mm. So you're saying that that space that you look for, uh, which can make you more in a comfort zone with the director and what the director is looking for and surrendering to the vision is uh, one of the few things that would calm you down more in the more and align you with what the director is trying to convey or shoot. Um, Mm. That could be good uh, a few pointers for the directors listening to the podcast I tell me. Sorry, sorry, complete. Sorry. Yes, yes. Go on, Shadul. I, I think. think it's it's um, again what I said. I can talk via examples. Um, I have not seen a good performance in a badly written film. Hmm. You know. Uh, I think a good film or a good performance in a badly directed film would that be better (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, generally I've seen badly directed films are also very badly written Mm. Uh, yeah Um, the first thing I think when one reaches a certain kind of space of being able to choose whether financially or mentally is to do the films for the right reasons. And by right reasons, I mean, does it appeal to you? It can be any reason. 
if it appeals to 100 people around you and you you're doing it for that reason i don't think anything is going to come out of it but if you're doing it for your own reasons then you can come on the same page as the director and the script i think what film actors ought to know is that there is something called text analysis you need to see your character as part of a larger machinery which is the script and then be able to talk to your director and try and see that how does he or she see that that character in the script what is the function of that character in the script what is the narrative technique what is the genre and one needs to start fitting into that once i think that starts to happen you can go beyond what is written on the script without trying to and then mm-hmm. it becomes a nice space of creation yeah mm-hmm. tell me shadul with these films that you've done so far and now you want to sort of i'm sure you are looking for a more wider landscape for yourself um as an actor uh and as a as an artist everyone looks for a wider landscape where you can put in your more best than what you've done so far mm-hmm. what is it that troubles you as an artist does something trouble you as an actor as you go forward see as as i'm going forward i am too busy right now doing something which is uh establishing sort of putting up a collective called the gathered uh and it's a collective which aims to make films and theater both but it aims to create a space of safe and critical discussion on films and theater from people who are both practitioners and fellow travelers uh people who have nothing to do with cinema except being beautiful audiences also and why i'm doing it is uh and not just i'm not doing it i mean i'm doing it with a bunch of people why one is doing it is because what troubles me is that bombay creates a sort of a bubble that you know films can only be made like this or then films can only be made like how they make it in la some of the films that i've been able to do came out of spaces of where where people invested in people and they came out of spaces of those critical um discussions so whether it's ibaleu whether it's uh, suman's film uh, scavenger of dreams uh whether it's trial by fire it came from those spaces both uh the people who were making it and what we were making came out of those spaces of critical discussions about what we have around those discussions are missing mm-hmm. and that troubles me mm nice so tell me about your fears as an actor or as an artist what are your fears how do you handle them my biggest fear is uh, is is and i can be open about it 
you know the life of a freelancer is is uh, first and foremost i think and i can say it for myself from some of the people i see around me mental health you know um because the pressures and the whole comparison business is a lot and when you're trying to do a certain kind of work persistence becomes a huge huge task so i think um i don't remember who said it but i think a big actor only said that i think 70 or 80% of an actor's job is when he or she is not in front of the camera you know and i think that 70 or 80% of the time is what i'm fearful of and and one always tries to remain persistent and be adamant upon the paths that one has chosen